Welcome to Truths for Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall. And here's what Jesus says in these verses Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. He says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. In this passage, Jesus is talking to his believers. And he's talking about how are we to handle the riches of this world? How are we to handle possessions? Uh, You know, uh, the Lord, okay, we live in this world. We are of this world. Uh, Possessions are necessary. Possessions are needed. Money is necessary. Money is needed. But the Lord gives us a warning not to treasure the things of this world above God. Now, there is nothing wrong with believers enjoying the good things of this world. 1 Timothy 6.17 says that God gives us all things, material things, earthly things. God gives us all things richly to enjoy. There's nothing wrong with having the possessions of this world and the riches of this world and the good things of this world. There's nothing wrong with being ambitious. There's nothing wrong with having these things. God gives us these things. I mean, I got a pretty good set of golf clubs. I give God glory for those golf clubs that God has allowed me to have. And those golf clubs help me to pray because when I hit a shot that's supposed to go this way and it goes that way, I pray a lot. You know, it's better. I found this. It's better to pray than it is to cuss. Amen. So were you ever in a situation when you want to use those words you ought not to use? Just pray, you know, and say, Lord, I wish I hadn't have done that. <laughs> but God gives us all things richly to enjoy. And there's nothing wrong with having those things. You know, it should be our aspiration to be poor and to live in poverty. We should be able to, to earn our living and to enjoy the things that we have. But the Lord gives us a caution, and he gives us a very important caution because we know how we are. We can get tangled up, and we can get entrapped in pursuing the things of this world and making them more important than God should be in our life. And so this is what the Lord warns us. The problem comes when we allow the possessions of this world to possess us. When we forget the words of Jesus in Luke 12, 15, that one's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possesses. That's not what our life is about. That is not the most important thing in our life. 
And so we're not to allow money to possess us. And we're not to allow the pursuit of money and earthly possessions to possess us. And so in this passage, the Lord is teaching his disciples, how are we to handle the riches of this world? What's our attitude? Our attitude should be toward those things. How should we handle these things? And in this passage, the Lord gives believers, warns believers that allowing the things of this world to dominate our lives will affect our heart, will affect our mind, and will affect our will. So he he encourages us, first of all, to guard our heart. Again, verses 19 through 21. Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth or rust destroy. Now, a lot of possessions were in clothing. A lot of their, you know, if you had a lot of clothing in that day, you would be considered rich. Poor people didn't have a lot of clothing, you know. But if you had a closet full of clothes for that day, then you would be considered, that would be a sign of wealth. Jesus said, don't don't lay up for yourself treasures where the moth can get in and eat up your clothing, where the rust can get in and destroy the material things you have, where thieves can break in and steal. Don't, Don't make that the priority of your life to have the things of this world, Jesus said. They're important. They have a place in your life. But don't make it a priority to make those things the most important part of your life. But here's the priority for believers. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now Jesus is not saying that we should not lay up and prepare for the future. Jesus is saying that believers are to guard against to be on guard against becoming so preoccupied with the things of this world that the things of this world become more important to us than God. And that's easy to do. We get so involved in this world. We get so wrapped up in this world. We get that good job we've got and we want to do a good job and we get so wrapped up and in having this and having that and providing for this and providing for that, that soon we take our eyes off of God and having the things of this world and we can justify that they're very important, but soon we allow the things of this world to become more important to us than the things of God. And Jesus warns his disciples. Now, the disciples who were sitting at his feet didn't have a thing. They, they barely had one set of clothes. And they didn't have a big old purse of money or anything like that. You don't have to be rich to be caught up in the pursuit of possessions. You can be dirt poor and get preoccupied with the pursuit of earthly things. And so Jesus is teaching us, you got to watch out for this. Because this world is very enticing. The things of this world are very enticing. And you can get so caught up and wrapped up in occupying the things of this world that that pursuit becomes more important to you than loving God and living for Him. Jesus did say this one time. He said that, that seek not the things of this world. Make God's righteousness the most important part of your life, seeking his will and his way in your life, and he will add all those things to you. 
Now, when Jesus says, do not lay up treasures for yourselves, the phrase literally is this, do not treasure treasure. That's what, that's the original translation. Do not treasure treasure, the earthly things of this world. This phrase has the idea of hoarding up wealth. This phrase has the idea of of treasuring wealth as the most important thing in life. Now, you know, we have to understand the balance of this. It is a right thing. It is a good thing to provide for our families. We all want to do that. We know that we have to work. We know that we have to pursue the things of this world. And it's a good thing and it's a right thing to provide for our families. It's a good thing to make reasonable plans for the future. It's a good thing to make wise investments, to have a plan to be able to carry you out through life. It's a good thing to have money to carry on a business. It's a good thing to pursue these things in order to be able to give to the poor and to support the work of the Lord. Those are good things. That's a good thing. That's a wise thing. All throughout the book of Proverbs, we're we're taught about material wealth and how we need to pursue this and pursue that, to have this and to have that. But we're also warned against making that the most important thing in our life. What Jesus is saying is, it's good to do those things, but it's wrong to be greedy. And it's wrong to be covetous. And it's wrong to be stingy. And it's wrong to be miserly about possessions. The idea of do not treasure up treasure, it's kind of a picture phrase where you got this guy sitting at the table and he's got his money all lined up and he's got his arms around his money and nobody's going to get it. It's his and his alone. And he's going to use it for himself. It's wise and good to earn, to honestly earn and to save and to give. But it's wise and sinful to hoard up and to spend only on ourselves and to worship that which we have come to possess. Jesus is teaching that we're not to allow the possessions of the world to possess us. We're not to live for money. We're not to put making money before living for God. We are to guard our heart, Jesus said. And remember... What is most important is this. What is most important for the child of God is this. It's not how rich you are on earth or how poor you are on earth. What is important is how rich you are in heaven. Lay up treasures in heaven. Earthly riches, Jesus reminds us, can be lost in a moment. You know, I have, Miss Ayers and I have 401k. Now it's just a K. I don't know where the 401 went, but, you know, there there you go. Now you got just a K. Earthly riches can be lost in a moment. Earthly riches are not going to last. This guy by the name of Elon Musk is the richest guy in the world. He's a multi-billionaire. You know how much he's going to have when he dies? Boom. Not one single Sin. Now, I don't know much about the man. I'm not making any judgments on him. I don't know about his, or his relationship with the Lord or anything like that. But earthly riches are not going to last. When somebody dies, somebody may say, well, how much did they leave? They left it all. They left it all. True riches are heavenly riches. Treasures in heaven. Doesn't matter how much you have in the bank. What most is most important is... That you have treasures in heaven. 
I read this quote this week from Dr. Adrian Rogers. I love Dr. Adrian Rogers. Still watch him today. A lot of people don't know the brothers in heaven. They still think he's living. You know, he's, and his messages are just so relevant even for today. And I read this quote from him this week. He said, when is a rich man poor? When is a rich man poor? A rich man is poor when he tries, tries to find satisfaction in his money because he will never find it. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived said, he that loveth silver shall never be satisfied with silver. Ecclesiastes 5.10. He that loveth, loves silver will never be satisfied with silver. In other words, no matter how much you have, you always still want more if that's what you're living for, if that's what your life is about. And so a rich man is poor when he tries to find satisfaction in his money. I'm going to tell you, some of the most miserable people on the face of the earth today are those who have millions of dollars. They can't find satisfaction. And they will find it in their money. Dr. Rogers said a rich man is poor when he becomes a slave to his money and his possessions. Gets up every day, the grind, 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 to have more, to have more, to have more, to have more. He sacrifices his health. He sacrifices his family. He sacrifices the important things of life so that he can have more, 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 more. He's a slave to money and possessions. Dr. Rogers said a rich man is poor when he has no treasure in heaven. You know, you may be a penny heir on earth, but in heaven you may be a plutocrat. And you have treasures that can never be lost. A rich man is poor when he has no treasure in heaven. A rich man is poor if he dies without Christ. Proverbs 11.4, riches profit nothing in the day of wrath. (laughs) Riches profit nothing. In the day of judgment, a rich man is poor if he dies a Christless death. So it doesn't matter how wealthy a person is, their riches are not going to help them in the day of judgment if they don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And so Jesus tells believers and his followers, those he's talking to, they're, they're dirt poor. I mean, most of the people in that day were dirt poor. But he's telling them, I'm going to tell you something. You need to keep your priorities straight in life. See, here's the greatest challenge for Christians, to keep our priorities straight. It's when we let our priorities get all out of whack that we Christians get in trouble. When we begin to make the things of this world more important than serving Christ and this thing and that thing of this earth more important than living for the Lord... That's when we get into trouble. You want to keep your life straight and right. Always keep Jesus first. Everything else will fall into place. That's the priorities of life. Jesus tells believers we're to lay up treasures in heaven. Now heaven's a real place. Heaven's a real place. You don't have to depend on a five-year-old kid who supposedly went to heaven and came back to know that heaven is a real place. God's word tells you heaven is real. Heaven is a real place. But heaven is not a reward. I hear sometimes people say, well, if anyone deserved to go to heaven, that person did. No, no one deserves to go to heaven. 
No one deserves to go to heaven. Heaven is a gift. Heaven is not a reward. No one can earn their way to heaven. No one can deserve heaven. No one can buy their way into heaven. Heaven is a gift that God gives to those who receive Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Jesus is the way to heaven. But while heaven is not a reward, the Bible says that God will give believers rewards in heaven. Isn't that cool? We go to heaven. It seems like that would be enough. But on top of going to heaven because of God's grace and mercy, God's going to give us rewards in heaven. Believers rewards in heaven. Now, I don't really know what those rewards are going to be, what they're going to look like. The Bible really doesn't explain it. But the Bible says for believers, there will be rewards in heaven. Now, the rewards we receive in heaven will be based on two things. Not every believer is going to get the same reward. The Bible makes that clear. The rewards we receive in heaven will be based on two things. Number one, how we live for the Lord after we were saved. After we were saved, after God delivered us, were we faithful to the Lord? Did we love the Lord? Did we use the gifts that God gave us to serve the Lord? Your reward in heaven will be based on how you live for the Lord from the time you were saved until the time you go to heaven. The Bible makes that clear. The second thing is that our rewards in heaven will be based on is this. Did we lay up treasures in heaven? Now, how do you lay up treasures in heaven? You know, it used to be, it used to be on Friday afternoon, you'd go to the bank to put your check in, right? Y'all remember those days? Now it's direct deposit and all this other fancy stuff we do. But it used to be, man, you'd go to the, to the bank and cars would be lined up for a mile and you trying to get to the drive-in window to put in your little old checking account there, you know, that you worked hard all week. That's how you laid up treasures on earth. You made your deposit in the bank. But how do you lay up treasures in heaven? Here's how you lay up treasures in heaven. By investing your life and by investing what you have in the kingdom of God. That's how you lay up treasures in heaven. By investing your life and by investing what you have in the kingdom of God. When you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody else, you're laying up treasures in heaven. When you do good works in the name of Jesus, you're laying up treasures in heaven. When you work for the Lord and you serve the Lord, you're laying up treasures in heaven. When you are a faithful steward of the blessings that God gives you, you're laying up treasures in heaven. As you live for the Lord in this world, as you share him, as you day by day, Week by week, year by year, you live for the Lord and you bring him honor and glory and you invest his blessings in the furtherance of God's kingdom. You're laying up treasures in heaven and the bank may fall flat and you can lose everything you have in this world. The stock market may go kaplunk and you've lost it all. But what you've laid up in heaven can never be lost. Hallelujah. Jesus said this, your heart will be 
where your treasure is. <laughs> if your heart's in the church, your treasure will be there too. Did Brother Chris just say that? Yes, he did. If your heart's in the work of the kingdom of God, then you're going to be there. And what you have is going to be there. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. You know? In fact, you can take your checkbook. You can look at your checkbook and you can tell to a great degree where your treasure is in this world. So where is your heart? Is it in the things of this world? Or is it in the kingdom of God? So Jesus tells his disciples, be careful. Keep your priorities straight. Don't get caught up in the things of this world. You know, don't get caught up in, in the, the things of this world are important. They have their place. But don't get caught up in the pursuit of the things of this world. Realize what the priority is for you as a Christian to love God and to live for him. I've told you this before, but... Some years ago, I heard of a farmer in Turner County, Georgia, Ashburn, Georgia. He loved the Lord. So he wanted a daily reminder. He, he wanted a daily reminder to himself of what his priorities were. So on the side of his barn, he painted this big sign. And the sign said this. Farming is how we pay the bills. Living for the Lord is our business. Amen. Amen. What you do for a living is how you pay your bills. If you're a Christian, living for the Lord is your business. That's my business. Loving the Lord and living for Him. And so Jesus says, watch your priorities. Guard your heart. Then He says, guard your mind. Verses 22 and 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now when you read that, you scratch your head and say, what? What does our Lord say? Well, he's saying this. In these verses, Jesus says that allowing the things of this world to dominate your life will affect your mind will affect how you think. He's talking about your focus. Jesus said if you keep your eyes on God and you keep God first in your life, your life will be full of light. In other words, you will be able to see what's really important. You will be able to keep your priorities straight. If you keep your focus on God, on loving Him and living for Him, then you're going to be able to see. Your life will be full of light. You'll be able to see what is really important in life and where your priorities should be. But if you put your eyes on the things of this world, if you allow the things of this world to dominate your life, your life will be full of darkness. You will soon lose sight of what's really important and what really matters in life. Young guy came to Jesus one time. The Bible identifies him as the rich young ruler. He allowed, he had allowed the things of this world to blind him to what he really needed and what was really important. And Jesus challenged him to follow him. And the, the, the rich young ruler looked at Jesus and then he looked at his earthly treasure and he says, I'm going to choose my earthly treasure. 
His focus was on the things of this world. He couldn't see what was really important. And therefore, he lost the opportunity to follow Christ. There was another wealthy man by the name of Zacchaeus. He came to know Jesus. He came to believe in Jesus. And when he came to believe in Jesus, his eyes were opened and his life became full of light that he could see what was really important. And he said, I've cheated a lot of people and I'm going to pay them back, not just dollar for dollar, but four times as much as I cheated him from. He saw what was really important when he came to Christ. Jesus said, watch yourself. Keep your focus on God. And if you keep your focus on God, you'll always see what really matters and what is really important. Now, let me tell you, what really matters and what is really important is not celebrated by the world. What is celebrated by the world is earthly things. The focus of the world is on earthly things. Don't get caught up into that. Somebody won a, what, a billion dollar lottery ticket. Lottie da. <laughs> you know, what good does it mean if you don't know Jesus? That's light. And we all, we, we Christians, we all get, and you know, and just not to get off on that rabbit trail a little bit, but I've had Christians tell me, you know, I, pay the, I played the lottery, and if I win that $12 million, Brother Chris, I'm going to give money to the church. Now, here's a theological answer to that. Baloney. You know, I, had, I did have a good preacher friend of mine. He, uh, he, somebody asked him one time, said, uh, if I win the lottery, can I give money to the church out of what I win? Because somebody told me it was tainted money. That's what the person said. And my preacher friend, who's a nut, but he screwed on the right bolt. He's a nut. He looked at him and says, well, I, you know, if you want to give it, I don't, I don't, I, I think it taint enough, you know. Give it. We'll take it. And we'll baptize it. <laughs> he said, we'll baptize the money and we'll use it for the Lord. Listen, keep your eyes on the Lord and your priorities will be straight. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your focus on the Lord. Don't let your focus be caught up in the things of this world. And you'll always see what really is important in life. What is really important in life is to love God and to serve him. And listen, he's going to provide for you. My Lord has never let me down. He has always provided for me and Miss Harris. He's always been faithful. He's always been good. We have given as the Lord has requested to give. And we've given over and above and beyond that. The Lord has been good and he has always provided. I don't doubt that my God will always meet my needs out of his riches in glory. You know, we may not have the things that some people have, but I don't care. You really think I care? As long as I can buy me a Coca-Cola every now and then and sit in my recliner and watch the Braves lose like they did last night, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not itching for things of this world. Now, it doesn't mean I won't take them, you know, and I won't enjoy them. But that's, that's from God. I want to keep my focus on what's really important in life. What's most important in life? You see, there's a lot of used-to-be's in church. You know, you see somebody sometimes and somebody says, well, they used to go to church. They used to sing in the choir. They used to give. They used to be faithful members. Well, what happened? Well, they got caught up in this and they got wrapped up in that. 
And they got to focus on this. And soon church became not, <clears throat> not very important to them. Living for the Lord became not very important to them. What became important to them is to have this and to have that and to have that and to have that. They've lost their focus and they don't see what's important anymore. You know what we need in church? We need a revival of the used to be's. All those folks who used to be so faithful, they need to come back home. They need to come back to the Lord. And so Jesus said, What's your focus? What's your priorities? Don't get caught up in the things of this world. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. And finally, guard your will. Verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is just another word for material possessions. In this world, a person will either live for the things of this world or they will live for God. Which decision you make is a matter of your will. You know, we make up our minds what's important to us. Every day we get up, we make up our minds what is most important to us. And every day it should be a matter of our will that whatever opportunity comes my way this day, I'm going to be faithful to my Lord. I'm going to love my Lord. I'm going to live for my Lord. Until the day I die, I'm not going to get caught up in the things of this world, the things that are celebrated by this world, the things that this world thinks is so important, the things that, that make headlines in this world don't make headlines in heaven. I'm going to focus who I am and what I am and what I have in loving my Lord, the Lord who saved me, and living for Him. Today, I make that decision. And it's a matter of our will. So guard your will. Don't get caught up with this stuff. Focus on God. And in the end, you'll have treasures. You may leave this world and leave a lot or leave a little materially. But if you've loved the Lord and live for Him, you're going to treasures in heaven. There's going to be a lot of surprises in heaven. Amen. Some people are going to be there. We didn't think it would ever make it. <laughs> but you know what? The biggest surprise ought to be when we make it and go to heaven is the fact that we made it. We made it to heaven. You mean God saved a wretch like me? You mean the Lord saved a wretch like me? You mean Jesus died for somebody like me? You mean... I'm able to go to heaven because of who Jesus is and what he's done for me. The biggest surprise about heaven should be that we're there by God's grace and by God's mercy. Another surprise I think we'll run into heaven is what those treasures are going to be. They're not really identified, not really delineated, not really explained in the Bible. They, the Bible talks about crowns and that kind of thing. But what will our rewards be in heaven? That's going to be up to God. And here's what I've discovered. You know, I, I gave Miss Ayers one time a box of potatoes for Christmas. Am I not a good husband or what? <laughs> this was back in the day when microwaves were first coming out. Miss Ayers wanted a microwave for Christmas. You know, this was back when microwaves first started. I'm that old? Seriously? When microphone is first coming out, so I thought I'd play a little trick on her. And so I've got this beautiful box, wrapped it up, put it under the tree, and it was full of potatoes. You know, you cook potatoes in microwave, right? 
And so she opened that box of potatoes and she, bless her heart, she tried to make over, oh, those are beautiful potatoes. <laughs> of course, I was ready to run for my life, you know. What do you mean giving me a potato for Christmas? But then there was another box around the corner and it was a microwave. And back then, microwaves were big. You know, it was probably big as this pulpit. I don't know how in the world we even got it on the counter of the kitchen. Yeah, I thought I was something giving her potatoes. Listen, whatever the Lord gives you in heaven is going to be a whole lot better than potatoes. I can give a little bit. God owns everything. He can give a lot. Amen? Amen. Oh, the surprises we'll have of God's goodness and grace when we go to heaven. Listen, whatever things God brings into your life, we need to be thankful for them. Right? Thank God for his provision. Thank God for the material things. You know, the Bible says that the Lord enables us to gain wealth and he wants us to enjoy the wealth and use the wealth for his honor and glory. He gives us all of those things and we should be thankful and we should be grateful. We shouldn't grumble with a mouthful of food. We should be thankful to God for his goodness and grace. We should keep our priorities straight. You know, somebody said, well, I'm on Social Security and retirement. It's pretty easy for me to keep my priorities straight. <laughs> you know, when you, you know, you're, you're getting by what you got. But even then we can lose our priorities and not be as thankful to God and grateful to God as we should be. Keep our priorities straight. And remember, heaven's not a reward. Heaven is a gift. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Heaven is a gift that God gives to those who trust in Christ. Now, how do you receive the gift of eternal life, the gift of heaven? Number one, admit to God that you're a sinner. Now, don't be offended by that. People get offended by everything these days. You know that? I mean, my word, what a touchy world we live in. You know, people get offended by everything. But listen, when I tell you that you're a sinner, you know, don't get offended by that. I'm a sinner too. The Bible says all of sin. The best person in the world is sin. We're all sinners. We've all broken the laws of God, the commands of God. We've all offended God. So how do you receive eternal life? First of all, admit you're a sinner. Second of all, believe that sin's serious. Sin's not no laughing matter. I saw yesterday one of those one of those channels on TV's got a new cartoon thing coming out about hell and making fun of hell. So that's that's what the devil does. He gets us to laughing at sin and hell. It's hard to take something serious when you're laughing at it. But listen, sin is serious. The wages of sin is death. And that's serious. And so it's not a laughing matter, the fact that we have offended God and sinned against him. So how do I receive eternal life? I admit to God that I'm a sinner. And second of all, I believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross in my stead, in my place, to pay the penalty for my sin. I believe that. I believe what the Bible says about who Jesus is and about what he's done. And what he's done for me and how he died for me. 
and how he rose again. And the fact that Jesus died and rose again makes it possible for me to be forgiven of my sin and cleansed forever before a holy God. So I admit that I'm a sinner and I believe in Jesus. I believe in who he is and what he's done for me. And thirdly, I want to turn away from my sin and turn to God and to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. Because I want to tell you, of all the treasures we've talked about today, you know what the greatest treasure is? It's Jesus. Jesus is the greatest treasure of all. To know Him, to have Him in your life, to receive His forgiveness and grace. Oh, how I love Jesus for who He is and what He's done for me. And what He's done for me, He's done for you and for all of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That'll make even a Baptist want to jump a pew, but y'all don't try it. Okay? Now, if you've never received Christ as your Savior and Lord, you can be saved today. Isn't that a good deal? Isn't that good news? You can be saved today. Your life can be changed in this world and for eternity today, right now, in this place. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be saved today. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Right here, right now, in this place. If you'll receive Christ as your Savior and Lord. Christians, keep your eye on what is right and what is good. Keep your priorities straight. That's what Jesus tells us. Thank you for joining us for our program today. Truths for Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall is a presentation of Hall Sports Communications. To contact us, you can send an email to chrishall71 at hotmail.com. That's chrishall71 at hotmail.com. Be sure to join us for our next program. Until then, stay safe and may God bless you.